0: Welcome to the Endurance Athlete Podcast. We're back. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about strength training for endurance athletes. I'm Dan Schamberg. And back with me is my co-host, Greg Hawkins. Welcome back, Greg.
1: What's up, man? Let's get swole.
0: <laughs> well, you missed a couple of great episodes. First, we chatted with, or I chatted with Angela and BJ, co-race directors of the San Diego 100 mile. And then uh, for the last episode, I had a great conversation with Mark Julian, about surviving cancer and now training for the Race Across America 2021.
1: Well, what um, what were the highlights for uh, the San Diego 100? Are they planning on doing anything in 2021?
0: Yeah, you know, I'd say go back and listen to episode 13.
1: <laughs> yeah, I should listen to the ones that I'm not on. I can't. I have a hard time listening to the ones I'm on.
0: No, no, it was great. You know, they they're basically just doing everything they can to get it going. They're looking at everything from changing the course this year, you know, so it's on the lands that will allow it just holding out hope and doing everything they can to get it going and
1: vaccine passports to participate.
0: No, but
1: it's, it's coming, coming, man. It's coming. I want the J and J one.
0: All right. And then uh, we, yeah, we talked with uh, Mark Julian, you know, that's an inspirational guy, you know, to beat cancer and then say, you know what? I didn't have enough suffering and pain through that. So let's ride across America and raise money for children. Yeah. What, what's more nobler than that?
1: A numb, a numb taint for charity.
0: <laughs> That's right. You wanted to, to talk today about strength training for endurance do, yeah. athletes. And for those of you that don't know, strength training is my job, my career. I'm a strength conditioning coach, a certified strength conditioning specialist through the CS or a CSCS through the NSCA, which is the National Strength Conditioning Association I worked as a uh, strength conditioning coach for the Lady Vols at the University of Tennessee uh, once upon a time. So I know a little bit about strength training. Oh, I have a master's in exercise physiology. Can't forget about that.
1: (laughs) Don't don't forget that you're a master.
0: And uh, I stayed in a holiday inn recently.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: I think I can cover all all strength training topics.
1: Yeah, I mean, I used to lift a lot, but um, that was just like to look good naked. Once I, you know- started uh doing endurance sports my my strength training really kind of fell off so why do i need to do strength training
0: okay so what brought this up into the forefront like why did you all of a sudden like you know i want to talk about strength training with you or did i bring this up i don't remember i think
1: we we've been talking about this like you know since we've known each other Mm -hmm. and you're always pushing it i'm like dude if i do one lunge I can't run the next day. So like, why, why, what's the benefit? So Lay it on me.
0: Every endurance athlete should have strength training as as part of their curriculum, part of their training program. If you care about your performance, you need to embrace strength training. If you don't give a crap about your performance and you just are happy going out and running and training, and then you know what, go for it. You don't need strength training, but, if you really want to take your training to the next level, to get faster, to, you know, avoid injuries, those things, strength training is an important, one of the most crucial parts of your training program. Now, we all know that as far as whether you're a triathlete, a runner, cyclist, swimmer, training miles or time in the water or time in the saddle is like the most important factor, right? Right. You know, I like to say time, not, you know, miles six miles for me is different from six miles from somebody who doesn't run very fast or so it's right. quality, quality time.
1: training time doing the thing you're training to do is invaluable.
0: Yes. So, th- so the why
1: more- that's, that's my question. So why should I, <laughs> instead of running or biking or swimming, why should I instead dedicate, you know, that hour of training time that I have instead of doing the, the core exercise, why should I do core? <laughs>
0: Well, actually, you should be doing core like every day, and I'll talk about this. So, we tell you know the most important factor is is training time and mileage. But you can potentially run faster on fewer miles, right? I think it's more about consistency than it is about miles. And I'll get into the strength training, but you know you need to have that consistency with your training first. That's first and foremost. I guess the key question is: Can you substitute some of that running with strength training? or I'll say running, but that, you know, means cycling, swimming, whatever it is. And yes, especially those junk miles where you're just going out with no purpose other than to get out and get mileage, where some of those you could take away and add strength training and you'll get lots of benefits. The first thing is strength training decreases your risk of injury, right? Strength, stability are improved when you add strength training, a lot of muscle imbalances are improved when you add strength training. Uh, your tendons and ligaments all adapt to help you run better. So that's the most important thing, I think.
1: So, like, you know, instead of running, you know, five miles at, you know, a moderate pace, you want me, you know, on the bench, jacking some steel and doing, see, you
0: know, there's, see, that's that's for shoulder people. presses.
1: A lot of like, times, how is that going to help me?
0: No, bench presses are not going to help you. <laughs> Unless you just right. want to so like
1: pack. what, like what strength exercises should an endurance athlete be doing? Okay. Because, well, you know, my, all of my like weightlifting stuff was like Olympic lifts and just mm-hmm. like, you know, well, Olympic lifts can be good head too. gym workouts where you're doing skull crushers and curls and, and benching.
0: So I think, you know, what do you, you bring a point like, you know, triathletes, runners they are, and other athletes will avoid strength training like the plague you know, unless they, they see the benefits in the past, you know, elite athletes or highly trained athletes wouldn't do strength training because they, you know, thought there was going to be no, no added benefit to them doing their sport. You know, they're already the top tier. I had a strength coach once tell me that, you know, with, with elite athletes that come in to college at like an eight or a nine. Yeah. You know, with strength training, you can make them a Eight and a half and nine and a half, right? You know, so they're they're already elite, they're not going to get that much better. Um, but they will reduce their risk of injury, like I've already mentioned. So that is the if you're an elite athlete, that's probably the biggest reason to do strength training. But if you got another athlete, which m- most of us fall in this category, where you're maybe as far on a scale of one to ten, a six or a five, you can then become an eight, an eight and a half, right? If you're a three, you can get bigger gains or you can improve much better. If you're not in elite athletes, much faster by, you know, adding the strength training. You know, I can just talk about the exercises to do, but I think.
1: But like, how many days a week are we talking here? Like, so on a tip, like, so for me, just as a, an age grouper triathlete, mainly doing, you know, Olympic and, and half distances, you know, with my schedule, I'd love to do train for fulls, but I don't have 16 hours a week to train. So like, I've got 10. So I try to maximize my 10 hours a week of training. How many of those 10 hours should I spend doing strength?
0: Okay. Um, Twice a week is all you need. That's pretty much what I'm doing. Because if I do
1: more, I can't freaking walk the next day.
0: We need to do it more consistently, I think, is your issue there. But twice a week uh, initially, you know, total body exercises, routines, just to build that foundation base 20 to 30 minutes max. In fact, you know, I teach classes that are like an hour long, or I do hour long sessions, you know, individual training. And, you know, I coach people online. So if you're interested in online coaching, you know, email Daniel at the endurance athlete.net. But me personally, I get bored after 20 to 30 minutes of strength training, just because, you know, it's what I've been doing for the last you know, 16, 17 years. So I'm more about like, knock it out, get it done. I know what I'm doing. I know what I need to accomplish and I get the benefit out of it. You know, 20 to 30 minutes, I think twice a week is plenty generally after your 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 training for the day. So for me, I would run in the morning and if I'm not doing a run in the afternoon, that's when I would do so this strength is a,
1: This is a double day. So just a, for instance, like I've been doing Monday, Wednesday, I'll do either like a. A recovery ride Mm -hmm. on the trainer because i've done something crazy on on sunday and i'll just do a recovery ride and then i'll do 30 minutes of five or six exercises whatever yeah or if i didn't do anything crazy on the weekend i'll do like a a, an hour hit bike workout and then strength or uh, a hit run workout and then strength
0: so it depends on where you're going If you want to focus on the strength training, do it first, right? You know, if you're far away from a race, if you look at a timeline at the beginning, the furthest away from your race, the least specific your, your, your training is going to be. And that's where you want to add your strength training. And then the closer you get to your race, where you're doing more specific, or more sports specific training, that's where you back off the volume and the intensity of the strength training and it becomes more maintenance, right? So it depends on where you are in your training season, but so the further away you are from a race, I would do, you can do your strength training first because it's the workout that you want to focus on for the day. That's the most important. So right. if you're doing a ride and a strength, well, if you want to focus on the ride, do that first, then do your strength training. Or if you're that day, the ride is a recovery, do the strength first or an easy. Okay. Routine. That's a good point. So whatever you want to focus on for the day, I generally would do that first. And then like you said, six exercises, six to 10 exercises. Perfect. Hitting the major muscle groups initially for these total body circuits. Now I'm talking about like early season, like twice a week, six to eight exercises, twenty to thirty minutes total body, major like pushes, pulls, push ups, some sort of upper body pulling exercise, lunges, squats, glutes. So I
1: had like if yeah, I mean like I can work out upper body all day long, which is mm-hmm. fine. I mean I'm a little bit sore when I swim,
0: yeah,
1: but. If I do like a, a, hard leg workout and I got, you know, I'm trying to do a, like a speed workout the next day, my legs feel like noodles. So, so what's.
0: You have to find the right balance between reducing your endurance training loads and then adding the strength. And it's going to be different for everyone writing a calendar out and say, these are my, my ideal training schedule. And then where can I take away some miles that are just there for fluff or junk miles or replace that with 20 minutes of strength training. You don't have to be sore after a workout, you know, that you're going to be sore initially if you don't do strength training because your body is adapting to that. But after a while, the more, like people get sore once, like, Oh, I'm never strength training again. Well, no, it's just, you're not consistent. That's the, the word of the day. Consistency.
1: You're all legs day every day. <clears throat> if I do like 10 squats. I'm like sore for like three days later.
0: All right. I'm going to give you one of my favorite leg workouts right now. And it's very simple. If you say do.
1: lunge for a mile, I'm going to punch you through the screen.
0: Distance lunging, Greg, <laughs> is, where, is one of my favorite. Um, what that means is you lunge for time. Start off body weight. And you just pick it
1: like seriously, Dan, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. If I did that, I would not be able to ride or run for like two weeks.
0: All right. So start you walk like,
1: like you walk like a schmuck to the bathroom, like where your legs keep like locking backwards and you look like a freaking chicken. That's what I would look like if I lunge for distance.
0: Yes. Well, I think what you're getting at is what I've I've taken this great idea of distance lunging for five, 10, 15 minutes to start off and to see how many lunges you can get. And the reason why, and I'll tell you why, that lunges are good, they work the glutes. You're gonna get a lot of eccentric work when you're lowering down into the lunge, which is great for running down hills, right? It's great for, for a lot of different uh, things. It's great for increasing, sorry, the words are cannot come into my mind yet, <laughs> but uh, it's great for muscle stiff, uh, muscle tendon stiffness. Think of a rubber band, like your tendons. If you got a really loose rubber band that's not very stiff, like it can't generate force or power, right. right? And if you, when you do heavy strength training or when you do eccentric work, like uh, eccentric is lengthening of the muscle. So think, instead of a bicep curl up, it's the lowering of the dumbbell for a bicep curl. That is the eccentric work. So when you lunge, you get a lot of the eccentric work, which then improves muscle tendon stiffness, which will then lead to more efficient movements which will then lead to better running economy and running economy. There's two reasons why strength training is important. The first I said is decreased risk of injury. The second is improving your running economy, which then leads to that improved performance. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for, for what running economy is, it's a variety of genetic and training factors that, uh, reflect the demand of reflect your energy demand at a constant submaximal speed. So, as an example, if let's say two runners, Is that
1: based on like your heart rate or your perceived exertion or
0: the running economy. So yeah. it's it's based on mainly genetic factors such as uh, you know your heart size, your VO2 max, your substrate usage which is like, you know, your VO2
1: max isn't like innate. Like you can train that, right?
0: To some extent, to some extent. Yes, you can train it, but it's generally innate. You know, you can improve it five to 7%, maybe more that I've forgotten the data. Um, It depends on your muscle fiber type.
1: There's no way freaking Lance Armstrong was born with a 90 VO2 max.
0: Uh, His VO2 max is not 90.
1: It's like something, well... With EPro, anybody could be VO two max. But over.
0: what I'm saying is, yes, it's genetic. There, that's why they're good at their sport. You know, you can't say, you know, Shaq wasn't. Just Shaq does born. not have
1: a 90 VO two max.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you can say, oh, Shaq just wasn't born tall. He had to to train to get tall. No, it's his. That's his genetic gift. He's tall. It makes him better for basketball, right? So endurance athletes, a lot of the elite, they're genetically have a high VO two max, but it doesn't mean they have great running economy, which is where I was going to go here is. If two runners, say one's name is Greg and one's name is Dan, completely random, are running at the same speed, the runner with better economy uses less oxygen, right? So if we're both running a nine-minute mile, but I have a a better running economy than you, I am working at a much lower percentage of my VO2 max than you are. I'm using less oxygen, therefore...
1: (laughs) <laughs> where where Let's does that efforts. show up? Does that show up in your heart rate data? Does that show up in like lactic acid buildup?
0: Yes. Both. Yeah. So I'm talking about, you know, the, the running economy. So we could be both running a nine minute mile. Your heart rate is 160, 156. I could be at 140, 145. I'm more economical. Um, so the, it's not the same as VO2 max, right? We get the same VO2 max number, but if I'm more efficient, I can work higher percentages of my maximum capacity for longer. So that nine minute mile for me feels a lot easier than it would for you. Does that make sense?
1: I don't like, I don't like your analogy. Well, we we're just two random people here.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> all analogies are based off truth. Anyway, so, <laughs> so strength training, going back to that, will help improve the oxygen cost of running. Right. Uh, the, the type two muscle fibers become, a little bit more aerobic, you know, you improve the mitochondria, you improve capillary density, which all allows you to use oxygen better to get oxygen to the muscles better. So stronger muscles will work harder and longer before becoming fatigued, right? Strength training does several things. It improves your strength and especially neuromuscular adaptations. Um, Your motor unit activation, the nerve is connected to as part of a motor unit, which then activates muscles.
1: We're deep, we're deep into the weeds here. Yeah, man.
0: man. When you do strength training, you improve your motor unit activation, which means that you can develop force faster and more rapidly. And then also your motor units when don't become as fatigued as much, which means that they can stay activated for longer, which all improves your running economy, which then also improves your running performance. Strength training allows you to use your type two, interrupt anytime you want. I'm just going off. Yeah, I mean I'm trying to deep, give people information here, right? Yeah, get go go deep, man. But um I mean, I'm not gonna go that so, deep. We're not gonna go into scientific studies, but you can improve muscle recruitment so you can rely on like your fast twitch muscle fibers when you're at the end of a race, when all your slow twitch muscle fibers are just burnt out and you're starting to drop pace. Well, then now when you've done strength training, your those type two muscle fibers are a little bit or a lot more trained, and then they can be used more. When you're can fatigued, recruit
1: more muscles to
0: to do the work of the muscles going, that are tired. Yeah. And so, and also at the end of a race where you want that fast finish. So those, those fast, switch muscle fibers generate more power, but they fatigue quicker, but so, it,
1: okay. So train them, in they a typical fatigue. training week, like to get back to like mm-hmm. brass tacks here. Yeah, let's get into that. This is all very interesting, but you know, if I'm trying to improve my, uh, running economy or cycling economy or swimming, like I I need to get more bang for my training buck. Where in my training week should I put strength training in? Like, well, you said like, so I'm doing it like on my recovery ride days, but it kind of doesn't make sense because I've just done like a hard, like weekend warrior workout. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got my like three hour block of training time on the weekend. And then, you know, that next day I need to like spin it out but that's my time to do strength training. It seems like I'm working at cross purposes there. Yeah.
0: Like I said, you have to find that balance between the strength training and the thing. And it takes, it's not, if I say this, Dan says this, I must do X, Y, Z. No, you have to test and retest and exp, explore. Right, but so, should, so so.
1: If I've got, if I've got like my training blocks and you know, I've got like, I've got my, my training blocks where I have three, three runs, three bikes and two swims and like, you know, I've got a speed workout, like just a long, slow workout. And then a tempo workout for the, those, mm-hmm. those two. And then I, you know, I need to one more, but I don't.
0: you got all kinds of stuff going on there.
1: Well, I like, I don't know, like, don't you need, <laughs> you need base miles, right? So you need your, like your long, slow kind of just like runs, Yeah. You need well, your speed workouts to build like running a economy and, and, and via two max. And then, you know, you've got your, your tempo where you're, you're going at like race pace, right?
0: Well, this would be a completely different podcast that now we're talking about trainings,
1: right? But or, then for that, but and I can go off on, on that, tangent. Strength Let's talk about strength training. that kind of training yeah. methodology where, After what, which one of those do you put the strength um, Um, combined with which one of those, maybe the speed workout?
0: Well, it depends on, you know, what workout you're doing, what week, but strength training. uh, It's a good question here. I would do it on a, when the next day, if you're worried about being sore is not a difficult workout. All right. So you may want to adjust your workouts. You're like, all right, I have a hard workout day. For example, Monday it could be swim, bike, run, whatever. Tuesday I do strength training. Wednesday I do my easy, long, slow distance. So you Mr. can miles work- day. Yeah, so that'll help work out the the lactic acid because you're not worried, of, not the lactic acid, but the um the the muscles um, to help them recover. And you're not worried about speed; you're just worried about getting distance mileage in. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense you know, do like an easier day, especially if you're new to strength training where you're going to be sore. So I can barely walk, you know, I can't do my intervals or sprints or via two max workouts. Yeah. Um, but the more you do strength training, the less sore you're going to be. And it's not about getting sore because once you develop that base strength, yeah, you might get sore if you do new things, or you challenge yourself.
1: Well, uh, like I, you know. I was always taught, like, if you weren't sore, you weren't like, there was a difference between sore and injured. And if so you weren't if like sore, you weren't like pushing hard enough,
0: okay. Um, that's very um, arcane way of thinking of it. Arcane you, or archaic? Both archaic and arcane. I don't
1: think it's very arcane. Uh,
0: no, whatever. Archaic. So, the answer to your question is if you are always sore, you are doing something wrong. Let's put it that way. The main thing that you're probably not doing is resting first okay. and foremost, consistency. Is the number one thing that runners should be thinking about with their whether it's
1: you're the runner, i not a runner, I, I also, I runners.
0: Run. whatever your, your sport is, randonneering, whatever, <laughs> right? You have to be consistent with your strength training, but then you need to recover, and it could be strength training from your eyes. If you're not recovering, that's when your body adapts to get better, that's where the improvements occur, is when you rest and recover. You know, a lot a lot of times people don't get any sleep and that's where a lot of recovery happens, but also taking active rest days, take a week off where you don't do training. You know, you don't, don't sit on the couch and be a lazy ass. Just watch reruns and eat garbage, like get up and move, play a different sport. If you're a runner, go for a bike ride, play basketball, do tennis. Those are recovery types of things where you're not, you don't have a specific training in mind, active right. rest, active recovery. So recovery is very important because so if you're sore all the time, then either you're not consistent with your training and or you're not recovering enough.
1: Right. I mean, swimmers like,
0: are notorious for overtraining.
1: Well, if I you're mean, not in the water. In
0: you're not getting
1: like you're just building that fatigue base up like just, just you're going to be fatigued all the time
0: yeah, and, and, and that's part of the training, but then rest is also important, too. Right. So how do you put together a training program? One, you, you send me an email, daniel at the athlete.net, and I'll hook you up with an online training program. But if you don't have uh, access to me, uh, first, you got to d- figure out, determine how much time you have to devote to training. Seriously. Like, if you say, Dan, I can only devote like one hour a week. Okay. Well, now you've got two workouts, two half an hour workouts. Easy. You know, right. if you've got more, then you can you know, do more with that time. And then you have to figure out what is your goal? Do you just want to look good naked? Always. We always do. Of course, the answer but is that ship that
1: sailed. Day. So what else have we got?
0: Yeah. So, you know, do you want to improve your performance? Okay. So then now you say, you know, I want twice a week, do things that improve my performance. So what do I need to do? So the components of strength training and this are mobility work is one, one thing. I include it in the strength training because it's like
1: what like what yeah. is mobility? So,
0: so mobility is different than flexibility. Flexibility is how much can you stretch the muscles essentially? Right. Right. Mobility is range of motion around a joint. And as an athlete and a runner, you don't necessarily want to be super flexible. Going back to that rubber band. If you stretch out a rubber band, you know, over right. time, there's no there's no recoil. Last- yeah. There's no the elasticity. Right. So Tighter muscles are more elastic. And so that's, you know, so you don't want to be too flexible. So you'd rather have more mobility. Mobility will lead to more efficient movement patterns and lead to improved running economy and also help you. Okay. Uh,
1: so like, give me you know, an, reduced, a, what, obviously like doing bench press is not going to really like Oh, my mobility
0: so mobility are, are our exor- mobility exercises are movement exercises that you do generally before a workout to help so you do a general warm-up to get the blood pumping to the muscles then you do mobility exercises things to loosen up the hips to loosen up the ha- uh, the knee joint the ankle joint to work on your spinal rotation you know if you do a lot of rowing or things with your arms you're getting shoulder mobility exercises, that help you get better range of motion around the joints. Like,
1: like what, for example?
0: Uh, it's hard to describe without, you know, actually seeing it. But, <laughs> but exercise, like, like, rotating hips. Like
1: jumping jacks?
0: No, no, that's just, an, that's just a plyometric exercise. So these exercises were, it looks like a lot of what yoga, uh, yoga people do. You know, a lot of those types of movements. But one, re- like a great one for your hips is you sit on the ground with the knees bent and you rotate your knees side to side. And you rotate right. your spine. So those are mobility exercises. They're they're body weight. They're more about movement than they are about strength. And I've What's got a your lot warm up? of yeah. It's a warm up. I don't stretch as a warm up. If you if I see you in the gym stretching or doing that whole thing where you bounce and touch your toes and things like that, I will throw a dumbbell <laughs> at your face. And the reason why a good I don't thing stretch, I don't
1: go to your gym.
0: The reason why I don't stretch beforehand is because I want my muscles to be warm. Right, uh, cold muscles are not as elastic and they're more prone to injury. So if you are going to stretch, you want to do that at the end of your workout after the blood is pumping, you sweating, right? So you want to warm up the muscles first before you stretch them out. So you want to warm up that, warm up that sausage. Yes. Was that (laughs) beer fest? Yes. So mobility is important and then flexibility. So mobility for athletes, you want to really have good range of motion, your ankles, Especially if you're a runner or anybody that uses their feet. You know, cyclists, you probably want hip mobility, spinal mobility, because you're gonna be locked up in that hunch position. So mobility is key. The second thing is core strength. You need to do as much core work as possible every day if you can, four to five times a week at the least. And that core include includes ab work, not just crunches. You know, that's not going to do anything for you. You want to create spinal stability, hip stability, things like planks, hollow holds, anything of that nature to strengthen your core, to stabilize the hips is going to be very crucial. Um, hip work. And when I say hip, I also include the glutes. If I had to pick one muscle area to train for an athlete, it would be the glutes. I go I back this with my distance lunging. The glutes includes, you know, your glute max, your glute meads, gluten like there's tons of hip muscles that support your body that help you move and if you have weak muscles truly are an ass man i am an ass man i just showed you a shirt that that my client
1: i I remember
0: that says what does the shirt say it says i'm an ass man
1: and it's got a picture of a donkey on it
0: yes and um So strengthening your glutes is the one area that I would focus on. If you had to only pick one muscle group, that would be the way, the thing to do.
1: Like, so what? Squats, lunges.
0: Yes. and then But let me tell you why. Bigel
1: leg squats.
0: Yes. yes, All those. If you have weak glutes, that means down the chain, your knees are going to collapse more. So when you run, you're not using your glutes to propel you forward. You're going to be using your quads more. You're going to be using your calves more, your hip flexors more. And that's going to lead to injuries. It's going to lead to runner's knee, IT band syndrome, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendinitis, all these injuries, runner's knee. Did I say that one? Yes. Those all are stem a lot of the time. Sometimes it's something else, but a majority of the time that you'll see it's their weak glutes. I think Tiger Woods is known for having, you know, he can't activate his glutes, right? Well, I guess nowadays he can't. Yeah, he
1: can't activate anything, anything right now.
0: But, um, but so if you got weak glutes, you know, you see runners running and their knees sweep out to the side when they run knock knee, It's because they're, they're not picking up their feet. So they're having to swing their leg around, which now their glutes aren't firing. They're just prone to injury. So band lateral band steps are, are great. Once you take these little elastic bands, like little six inch loops, mm-hmm. you put them around the ankles, you do side steps, squats are great single leg work is very important. Like single leg lunges, single leg step-ups, single leg squats. Really, I don't care about the exercises, Greg.
1: Well, I mean, for somebody I care, who doesn't know, you know anything about like working out, like you well, got to no, exactly. describe which workouts work, which muscles.
0: Yeah. I don't care about the exercise. I care about the movements, right? So my training program,
1: but did you just say you don't care about the exercise? You care about the movements? It seems like a distinction without a difference.
0: No, no, no. Because people think, oh, single leg squat. Well, a lot of times I deal with people who are injured or they come to me injured, they can't do particular movements. So instead of focusing on, well, I had the single leg squat written into my program, what what I, do, what can I do? I think about what are the movements I'm trying to create with them? So that allows me to find alternative exercises that do the exact same thing that don't affect you know, somebody's injury or imbalances, but and so I'll go into those exercises. But so my training programs may look boring, but they freaking work. They do they're have not, a
1: nice ass. I'll give you
0: that. I can. Yes, you've seen me in ranger panties. So flashy exercise is not the way to do that. So single leg exercises are very important. Uh, reverse lunges, lateral lunges, single leg squats, step ups are great. You know, because when we run, you're not using both legs at the same time for the exact same movement, right? There's independence there, especially if you're a trail runner, or an ultra runner, you know, you've got to be moving in multiple directions. So single leg strength is very important. My favorite exercise though, going back to the glutes is deadlifts.
1: Hmm. But know, that's both legs at the same time.
0: That's both legs. Well, you could do a single leg deadlift as well. So my training programs include deadlifts a lot. You can do them a variety of ways. I like trap bar deadlifts rather than a straight bar, uh, especially as heavier weight, it's less strain on the lower back. A trap bar, trap bar is like the hexagon bar that you step inside of and lift it up. It's not your regular gym barbell. Um, right. But if you don't have access to that, I like dumbbell, dumbbells, 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 kettlebells are great because you set them down directly to the side. You're not having to bend over as much, but deadlifts are my favorite strength exercise for runners, for athletes. And then after I do my deadlifts, I'll do a posterior chain exercise. So those are things like Romanian deadlifts, kettlebell swings, leg curls, hip extension, anything working, the butt, the hamstrings, the calf raises. And then I also include single leg work in there. Like like I said, lunges, single leg lunges. You can do lunges with your foot elevated on a bench or on a chair. So I do heavy work first, the deadlifts. I'll do posterior work. Then I'll do unilateral work, which is the single leg work. And then I'll do a lot of the supplemental stuff working your band steps, calf raises, anything injury prevention wise.
1: So is this like, this is like a solid leg day.
0: Yeah. But I guess, you know, if you pick four leg exercises, four leg exercises, that's plenty. And then you supplement it with upper body. So we talked about that first phase of, of training where it's total body circuits. It's what you would find, you know, what most people do just like pick exercises, hit every body part and go, but then After, you know, six to eight weeks of doing that, then you move into a a cycle where you're focusing more on more lower body work or the areas that you use for your sport. So if you're a swimmer, you're still going to do a little more upper body work and some different things. Um, A cyclist runner, uh, you're going to be doing what I talked about. You're going to add some deadlifts in there. So I would do one total body work a day, workout a week. And then this workout I'm describing now is more of something, your second workout where it's a little bit more lower body focused.
1: And then the core stuff is just like 10 minutes a day, every
0: day, not even 10 minutes, like five minutes. So you can do a couple sets of planks. You can do hollow holds, you can do Russian twists, you can do side planks, Um, do some rotational core work. In fact, I've just recorded a a core routine that I'm working on editing and I'll put on the YouTube channel, the endurance athlete YouTube channel. It's five exercises, Designed specifically for runners, uh, five core workout exercises. So it's really good. Core every day, two strength workouts a week. Week one total body, one lower body focused. So you do the deadlifts, you do the posterior chain exercises, you do the single leg stuff. But in between that, body weight upper body or light upper body is is fine. I do a lot of push ups in those things. I'll do some pull ups. I'll do some. Dumbbell rows or any other body main movement things, shoulder presses, push-ups, chest presses, in between the lower body stuff, and then working the glutes very, very, very important. Strength training doesn't mean just lifting heavy, heavy weights. It can. If
1: you right. don't have access yeah.
0: to heavy weights, body weight workouts are shown to improve your strength, improve your running economy as well. You know, you can do uh, things like incline running and decline running right? Incline running works on power and strength. So think about hill workouts are great for strength, decline, treadmill work, or running downhill is important because it works on the eccentric loading of your, your muscles, which help decelerate you. So that way, when you're, if you're running an ultra marathon on a mountain and you're running downhill, you're not going to trash your quads as much because you've worked on that downhill running. Your calves are going to not blow up because you've worked on the downhill and the uphill running. Um, Sand running, resisted running, r- running with a vest. That's all strength training. It's, it can feel awkward running with the vest. Uh, I like stair running. In fact, once a week, Greg, if you should drive up here, I have started to add back into my, I was wondering why I didn't feel as strong as I was running as we used to do at least once a week running stairs here in, on the beach. And
1: Yeah, I saw that on your Strava like yesterday or today. It's a
0: great workout. You got to find a, a staircase that's got 50 to 100 steps. And you just go up and down until you get fatigued, you know, 15 minutes to start with. See how many times you can go up and down, you know, run up, walk down, you know, rest as much as you need, but then just go as hard as you can running up, do as many rounds uh, for 15 minutes, then work up to 30 minutes. <laughs> and then like me in this, where I run, it's 120, I think 125 steps, depending on how high the sand is and about like 60 to 80 feet elevation gain. And, uh, I started first time 15 minutes. I was sore as crap. And then got better, worked a half an hour, then do an hour. And I think the most I've gotten to is two hours straight Two
1: hours of running up and down the stairs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Again, as an ultra runner, why do half an hour stairs where I can do two hours of stairs, um, yeah. going yeah. back to this distance lunging. So that's another separate workout. If you just are bored and you <laughs> want to try something to just, different distance lunging is a workout to itself. Start off with 10 minutes, just do as many lunges as you can. You can rest as needed. So if during that 10 minutes, you were standing there twiddling your thumbs for five minutes, well then whatever you just do as many as you can then work up to 20 minutes. And I would say the most people would respectable people would stop at like 20 to 30 minutes caveat. If you are like me and 20 to 30 minutes just seems like you know, if I can do thirty minutes, shit, I can do an hour.
1: Probably don't want to start at thirty minutes. No,
0: no, 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 no. Start with five to ten minutes. In seriousness, I think the longest I've gone was a little over an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. And I, because I would lunge when I'm at fifteen minutes, I was doing about two tenths of a mile. And so I thought, all right, well now the better I'm going to go, uh, you know, four tenths of a mile, and then you know what? Let's go a half a mile. I think I can lunge three quarters of a mile. Well, if I can run lunge three quarters of a mile, why can't I lunge at a mile? Which I did. Not very often, but it, I built up to that. Usually it's about 20 to 30 minutes. And you'd be surprised. You adapt to that quickly, Greg. Yeah, no, not me. I'd be but I like it because it really works your glutes. It works eccentric. Well, for a month. It's unilateral. Um, what else we got here? Talked about the ass. That's a
1: lot. That's a lot, to, that's a lot to chew on. I got like a whole page full of notes here.
0: Yeah. I can type up something and put them up in the notes. Um yeah, you, anybody should has any, you
1: should definitely like post a like
0: well I'm working beginner,
1: on intermediate and advanced like two day a week strength training.
0: That's what I'm working on. You know, this whole COVID thing has started shifting my focus to online coaching. <laughs> and you then also offering I can, so
1: I, I can imagine.
0: So I do a lot of training online. I've I've got uh, clients all over the country, and um, a lot of them are here, the people that can't train with me in person now. A lot of them are also now doing online training. But one of the things I'm doing is I'm working on the YouTube channel, putting up core workouts. I'll be putting up lower body strength workouts, upper body strength workouts for, for athletes, uh, different training videos. And if you have questions, join our Facebook group, You know The Endurance Athlete. Ask questions, send an email to me if you've got questions. Hit me up on Instagram. And, uh, the endurance athlete, we
1: need to put, we need to the, you know, put our money where our mouth is and, and do redo our, what was it? The army, a PFT, the, P- the PFT do, challenge. Okay. Yeah. And then commit to the, your six to eight week, uh, strength training, like still do all the stuff you're normally doing, but do six to eight weeks and then do it again and see how much we improve.
0: Yeah. For sure. We we did that uh, VO2 max beer mile style.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that again.
0: Without the beers or with the beers? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. no. Come on. Don't be crazy. With the beers. With
0: with the beers. Yes, yes. Of course. Um, course. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I tend to go off on tangents. So if it sounded disconnected uh, because that's how my mind works, but really what it comes down to it, strength training is great. Running mileage or time training is the most important factor. But if that's all you're doing, it's like baking a cake. The biggest ingredient is what? Flour? Fuck if I know, man. Right? Come on. Cool. Say with the analogy. Here. S-
1: I don't know. Like, tell me but how to make All <laughs> the other.
0: The- right, I'm, so-
1: I'm intrigued. Like most important. All of this analogy to the end.
0: Yes. We're going all in. So baking cake flour is the, the, the largest ingredient, right? Right. It's probably the most important. But if you don't put in the other ingredients, then you're like not eggs
1: are strength training.
0: Yeah, eggs are strength training. You know, you don't, don't have your
1: cake has eggs. Yeast Probably. Is your
0: recovery, you know, whatever. Right. You don't have those other components or enough of those other components to your training program. It won't be as good as it possibly could be. Right. But then again, if you don't care about performance, then don't worry about it.
1: Right. About the- I would I would analogize it to bread. If we're talking about COVID everybody started making sourdough like the your your base miles is the is the flour yeah but the salt the salt is what makes it taste good (laughs) now like if you don't add salt you can have the worst tasting bread ever
0: so i take it you've started um baking bread during the pandemic
1: i did yeah yeah i got pretty good at it it wasn't bad it wasn't bad (laughs) Um, it my yeast died after um you know we ripped the kitchen out and we lived out of the garage for you know three months
0: and you also so, tried growing corn too
1: uh we're growing corn again we're a whole year we're at the second season of corn growing in covid how many we didn't try growing corn we did grow corn we harvested like 50 years of corn oh
0: really i just whenever i saw your little corn patch out there they all looked dead and in- dying so i wasn't sure how well went.
1: i mean we harvested them and then we left them up because we wanted to do like a corn maze for halloween okay but yeah no world status corn like maze. legit corn <laughs> now we're doing a combination we're doing like symbiotic crops just like running and strength training corn and squash are symbiotic
0: oh i was gonna say well now that you're growing corn there's something else that i've learned how to make coming from tennessee that we should do.
1: Yes, we should definitely do some moonshine.
0: Um, um, and my dad makes a great moonshine. And if we uh, put in uh, a fruit in, it. I forgot what it was. It's not watermelon.
1: Peaches, wasn't it?
0: We've done that. But anyways, so there's lots of things you can do with, with your time. But um, so if you have strength training questions for me, don't be
1: strength training.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't be afraid or, or hesitant to, to reach out and uh, ask a question. And, uh, anything else you, you want to talk about Greg? So
1: I think, uh, I think you, you hit it, man. I'm all
0: over the place there twice a week, 20, to 30 minutes, six to 10 exercises, I'm, total body, unless you want to do some fun workouts like distance lunging. And then when you start to get more into your, your heavy strength training, you know, once a week is plenty for, for runners. You're not going to get huge, right? If you're, if you're cycling or running enough, just all of your training miles and time will inhibit a lot of the hypertrophy. So you're not going to get huge. That,
1: excuse me. The What?
0: Hypertrophy. Hy- hypertrophy. That's the muscle growth. The muscle like getting bigger, swole. getting swole. Yes. Yeah. You're not going to become a, a, a Lou Ferrigno runner.
1: No, I don't want to be the Hulk.
0: All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the endurance athlete podcast. Greg, welcome back. We need to get some Thanks, more. Man, that, was,
1: that, that was really informative. Feel like, free we'll to free. Free co- consultation session.
0: Yeah. I'm going to send you a bill after this through Venmo.
1: <laughs> just like social media. I, I don't have Venmo.
0: Be sure to subscribe. I'm sure you don't. To the Endurance <laughs> Athlete Podcast. Give us a like. Uh, join us on the Endurance Athlete Facebook group, the Endurance Athlete. Uh, you can send me an email for training or just whatever uh, at Daniel at net and uh, Instagram, the Endurance Athlete. All right, right, great. We'll see you next time.